Machete Poetry. I have read my share of shitty poetry. I have written my share as well. Poetry that stands the test of time, although it was written as a poorly constructed band-aid over an elitist heart. Poetry that is assigned in class with a theme in mind by a well-intentioned teacher's assistant. Shitty poetry, all the same. Thank you. Thank you. That was an original shitty poetry by Leslie Tash. And which brings us to the topic of today, shitty poetry. Poetry, what can I say about poetry? I wrote my, I don't know when I wrote my first poem, but I have my first poem published at age 10 on the kids' pages of the Courier Journal, quite the the remarkable moment. Um, It was, I think I remember it was like some uh, spring, summer, winter, fall, autumn is the best season of all. I think that was how it went. So, despite uh, offers from American Greetings and Hallmark, I was not immediately snapped up into a career of uh, writing pithy verse such as that. But I did keep writing poetry, definitely through the angsty adolescent years, as I think we all should do. If you don't have a um, composition book, somewhere stashed under a bed in the back of a closet in the basement in the attic whatever with poems of pining and longing for um the one that got away from the seventh grade dance or or your you know first sexual experience or whatever if you don't have something like that in your home or in your parents' home, then I feel like you are still in adolescence. Like, you haven't fully processed growing up until you have done something like that. So, shitty poetry is is a part of life and it's a rite of passage. And all too often, it makes its way into the hallowed halls of, you know, recognize this is the great American poet, so-and-so, and and this is the story behind their poem, and I've come to a realization that I think any poem that you enjoy is worthwhile, and if you enjoy writing it, if you enjoy reading it, if it's someone else's quote-unquote shitty poem, but it speaks to you, that makes it worthwhile. I think a poem that is Byzantine and impenetrable can be really um, mentally challenging and exciting, but you may not be in that mood. You may need something that speaks to you that's more lyrical. You may need something that just hits your heartstrings. And on any given day, a classic poem could be a shitty poem. And a shitty poem could be a classic. I've had a real love-hate relationship with my own poetry for 
let's just say 37 years because I remember very vividly being congratulated by adults when that little poem about Paul was printed in the Courier Journal. I felt like I was being patronized. And I remember telling them at that time, eh, it's not very good. Anybody could have written that. And honestly, anybody could write that. I feel like if you sat down at any diner, ordered a, a, you know, a big stack of pancakes with a side of poetry about autumn, that would come back from the fry chef or the the waitress. That exact poem, you know, would come back. It's very, it's very elementary. So, like, I've wanted to write things that truly make me proud. And I hold these impossibly high standards for myself. For instance, Elizabeth Bishop. I was introduced to Elizabeth Bishop in college, and I don't think I quite ever got over her brilliance. At the same time, I am a distant relative of the great Emily Dickinson, and I tend to both enjoy her poetry, relate to her reclusive behavior, and sneer at the simplicity of the verse sometimes. And this is Emily Dickinson. This is, I mean, arguably America's greatest poet. <sighs> so I do want to give a brief shout out while I've got poetry on the brain. A writing buddy, Jessica McHugh, um, published a work of blackout poetry based on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and I've always enjoyed blackout poetry. I especially love when people do artwork on the pages, Um, but I think it's just really brilliant, you know, female horror writer to female horror writer that she did this blackout poetry um, on Frankenstein. I think it's, it's just genius, and I just want to give her a little bit of applause for that. And I think more than anything, what I really want to give myself today is permission to write and publish my poetry. I mean, every once in a while, I think I've done at least one on the podcast where I just randomly spit something out there. Um, but I still write it. I've gone through seasons of my life where I've written so much poetry that stuff has just come to mind. I'm driving down the road and I have to pull over the side of the road and scroll it down. I'm not in that kind of a season right now because I think I've just tamped down that creative impulse for so long and I just miss that side of myself. My first book contract was for a book of poetry about roller derby and I ended up backing out of the contract because they could not guarantee that they would be finished with it so stupid, but <laughs> they couldn't guarantee that the book will be published and ready to sell by a specific date, which I had in mind to tie in to that movie, Whip It, with Ellen Page, and I think it's stupid because pretty much nobody except Roller Girls even remember Whip It starring Ellen Page. It was produced by Drew Barrymore or directed by Drew Barrymore or something. It was an okay movie. It was cute enough. Um, But if you're into roller derby, it was like, yes, 
there's a movie about us. And I was excited to share the poems that I had um, written, inspired by my time as a rural girl, which I was deep in the thick of still at that time. And I end up saying, you know what? No, your contract is not going to work for me. Let's do, you know, this other date. And they came back and said, no, we don't want to do it. If, you know, you have to be hard by that date because we have other books in the pipeline ahead of yours and blah, blah, blah. So here's the thing. Obviously, I went on to write some roller derby novels. I got some roller derby out of my system, but I always regret that I didn't have that deadline and that obligation to finish that book of roller derby poetry because I probably have 30 roller derby poems. Like, there's probably, you know, one for each girl who was on the team at the time. Not like a love poem or anything crazy like that, just something inspired by them, you know? The way that they're grace and their strength and their ferocity um it just was such a light in my life at the time and I regret that I don't have I don't have easy access to those poems I'm not sure where they are I mean that was that was 12 years ago I wish I had that now I wish I didn't have that shame of self-publishing at that time because I was definitely not ready to self-publish I wish I'd finished the poetry and even if I didn't publish it with that particular publishing house maybe I would have published it elsewhere so what if it was after the movie Whip It came out I mean that just seems ridiculous in retrospect I would have it now and I regret that I didn't do that so I don't know don't be surprised if you start seeing more poetry from me it's on the brain I really want to have the bravery to do this, get over my own self-judgment. Because even when I've written something that's really personal and read it aloud, like in college, no one's ever said to me, like, that was really stupid. No one has ever said, it's awful. I mean, I've got constructive criticism, like, don't use the word twin twice in the same poem. You made your point the first time. Okay, gotcha. It's funny, criticism just sticks in my mind so strongly. Look at me, like, I was probably about 20, 19 or 20 at the time, so 27 years later. I got interrupted by a phone call, and it's just as well. Um, If you are writing or reading poetry, why don't you give me a shout? I would like to hear what you are up to, and you can even feel free to read some of your own poetry on my podcast. I have a link in the show notes that explains how to leave me a voice message, and if I like it, which I probably will, I will add it to the show. The Revel Bazzle Poetry Show! Whee! Have an awesome day.